0: Dot com. Thanks for spending time with me and let's go into the show. Many of you know that I am constantly testing different health tools to see what works and what doesn't. And one of my new favorite supplements is carbon 60 or C60. It's a super antioxidant that lifts the oxidative burden at the cellular level. It basically acts like a free radical sponge that helps your body heal itself, and it does that by optimizing the efficiency of your mitochondria. By making your mitochondria stronger, more resilient to stress, C60 helps you promote longevity, fight inflammation, boost immune function, supports healthy aging, healthy joints, and it increases your energy and mental clarity naturally. My favorite brand is C60 Purple Power because it offers 99.99% pure sublimated carbon 60 that's never been exposed to solvents, and it's delivered in 100% certified organic oils. They have it coming in avocado oil, extra virgin olive oil, MCT coconut oil, and they also have it in different flavors like cinnamon and orange. And I will tell you guys that most users notice an increase in energy and mental clarity after 30 days of use. I know that was the case for me, that literally, I mean, within about two weeks, I I immediately noticed energy. I noticed better mental clarity. Uh, I just noticed that I was recovering from my workouts better. I was less sore and I had more energy for my workout the next day. That's what I'm all about. I'm about biohacking. I'm about optimizing my performance. And I found that C60 Purple Power really delivers when it comes to helping enhance my energy, my mental clarity, um, helping me recover from my workouts and be the best that I can be. Basically, all I do is I take a teaspoon a day. A lot of people like to add it into you know, a morning coffee or anything like that. I typically took it with my lunch and I was noticing results. Guys, if you want to check out the C60 Purple Power, I've got a special discount coupon. It's Jockers. Just use my last name, Jockers. And you can go to shopc60.com forward slash Jockers or www.shopc60.com forward slash Jockers. Use the coupon code Jockers at checkout to save 15% off today. You guys are going to love the C60 Purple Power. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. We have got Dr. Anna Kabeka, best selling author, OBGYN, menopause expert. We're going to be talking about her new book, Menopause, which is a beautiful book. It's got 125 amazing recipes in it. And, uh, you know, by popular demand, many of you guys are constantly asking questions about perimenopause, menopause, uh, that transition and strategies that you can take to improve your health. And so, Dr. Anna is world expert in that. So got to bring her back on to, uh, to help, help us understand what's happening here and things that people can do with their nutrition, with their lifestyle to improve that menopausal transition. So thanks so much for being back on Dr. Anna.
1: Oh my gosh. Thanks for having me on David. It's good to be here with you.
0: Absolutely. Well, let's talk about, you know, to start just, uh, your inspiration behind writing this new book.
1: Well, you know, it's been a journey, right? Like in this space, especially with hormone, hormonal health, and working with menopausal women in person, and then now over the last few years, virtually. And since my first book came out, introducing the Keto Green Way, and that's the hormone fix. And I always say it takes more than hormones to fix our hormones. So that for me is 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 foundational, and I. You know, bringing in the keto green lifestyle, intermittent fasting, and introducing that, and then went to longer intermittent fasting windows with my second book, Keto Green 16 and you know, the keto green omnivore plan and a keto green plant based plan. And then, you know, people get stuck, like, okay, well, you know, where am I having trouble here? And so for that person, it's like, well, you know, with your Hashimoto's or your MS, well, let's really work on reducing all the, you know, super extra inflammatory foods, like let's take out nightshades and peppers. And so and for some people, it's like, well, gosh, you've been, you know, carnivore for a while carnivorous, let's, let's add some plant space to improve the microbial diversity. Let's just take a pause in what you're doing. I know you love it, but let's, let's work to get you better results and feeling better. Right. Cause sometimes I see people will you actually start to gain or start to slide back. Right. And then, you know, so that's where like all these little, so these in, in menu pause, <laughs> which I always laugh when I say the name. So menu pause, it's, it's, you know, there's magic in the pauses and menopause is certainly perimenopause, whatever before, during, and after it is a time of life to reflect and see what's serving me now and what's not serving me. And let's just pause some of the things that we may love, but aren't serving us right now. And so menu pause, that's how pause was born. And I've had a fun time writing it and doing the five different, very brief six day plans. And um, yeah, so, so it's been fun.
0: For sure. And let's talk about what's actually happening during perimenopause to start, right? Like what's happening with with female hormones and uh and what what you know obviously happens and culminates in menopause.
1: Yeah. And I love working with the perimenopausal group, especially younger, even, you Mm know, thirties, mid to late thirties, forties, when these changes, you're starting to notice, you know what, I'm kind of crankier this week of the month, or I'm starting to see a pattern here, right? Could be happening. And what we see is, especially now with stress, a decline in progesterone. We know, we know too, for men and women in our mid to late 20s, we start to see a decline in DHEA, which is both our precursor hormone to making estrogen and testosterone or reproductive hormones. But now as we, as you know, in sacrifice of all our reproductive potential, potentially, our body will use progesterone to make cortisol or stress hormone. So especially what I've seen women experiencing over the last two years is an increase in stress, chronic everyday stress, and that creates even a bigger decline in progesterone. So we're starting to see these perimenopausal symptoms even sooner. And it's so important because progesterone got such a bad rap, but it's such a, it is like one of the most important hormones in our body It is a pro-life hormone, pro-gestation. It helps our body support, you know, a a growing fetus. And Mm -hmm. without it, we miscarry. It helps our brain for neurocognition, right? For our memory, for clarity, for enlightenment. It helps our bones. It helps our breast tissue. It is a balancer to estrogens. And other other hormones in our body as well. So I found I found that with this decline, it requires us to change, shift the way we're doing things. So we have more of our own natural adrenal hormones and more of our own natural progesterone as much as possible for as long as possible.
0: Yeah. So a lot of people will talk about things like estrogen dominance taking place, particularly, you know, during perimenopause and menopause. And so, but all the hormones start to drop, but you're seeing based on stress and that idea of pregnenolone steel, where that precursor to the production of progesterone, um, there's a greater drop in progesterone than there is in estrogen. So the overall ratio, um, becomes skewed and that can result in a lot of these types of menopausal symptoms. Is that, is that what you're seeing?
1: Yes, Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, and quite frequently. So,
0: yeah, yeah. And you talk in the book, you go through what I found interesting was you were going through all these different cultures, and kind of how they view um, menopause, right, and different things that they may do and stuff like that. So that would be interesting to touch on as well.
1: I, I love this aspect. You know, initially after I wrote Keto Green 16, I was like, I'm going to do a documentary on menopause around the world. I'm going <laughs> to
0: travel
1: and go. And sure enough, you know, Keto Green 16 hit May 2020. So right yeah. in the, at the beginning oh, of the Oh, yeah, pandemic. yeah. And shut down. So, so I wasn't able to. I have traveled around the world, and travel has always been a meditation to me. Mm. It's been one of my best educations. My mom would tell me when I was young. She said, save your money for travel. It's one of your best educations. And I certainly have taken that to heart. And I and in my travels and living with other cultures and people and you know, around the world, more as a as a, a local versus a tourist, I, I witnessed women at different stage oh my gosh and in, in Lago Titicaca, Titicaca in Peru I love that name but anyway <laughs> Lago Titicaca in Peru um it's it's a very high altitude lake and you would see women like you know beautiful you know beautifully wrinkled and you know aged and I have no idea how but probably maybe at least 80 at least it looked Mm. like but of course you know so so but they're on you know carrying these like cases of water up these mm. stairs that I had trouble getting up, right? And strong as, as can be and working really, you know what I mean, like working hard, strong as can be, smiling, saying hello. You know, it was, it was just so beautiful to me. And I was like, I never stop climbing stairs, right? Like never stop doing things that are gonna push yeah. your body because look at the power. And in different cultures, like one of the things that I recognized in studying menopause around the world that the Japanese don't really have a word for menopause. They use the Mm. term konenki, which means second spring. And Mm. and I think so, (laughs) that's just such a better term. Like let's breeze through menopause into our second spring. And coming from a place where personally, I experienced some, you know, really, you know, terrible menopausal symptoms, hormonal decline that I I know that we can, I mean, the powers within us, because it takes more than hormones to fix our hormones, the powers within us through these dietary and lifestyle changes to support our body and, um, and breeze through and reduce all those symptoms completely. So even when we have our bioidentical hormones and they're dialed in, these lifestyle changes and the nutrition, how we're feeding our body makes all the difference in the world.
0: Yeah, really, really interesting. And then I also saw something there where you were talking about vitamin D deficiency, and actually how lower estrogen levels can contribute to vitamin D deficiency.
1: I think And that's so fascinating. that's an
0: interesting. Yeah, fascinating, especially, you know, obviously with COVID and everything, you know, vitamin D, the research has been coming out showing how people with low vitamin D under 20 are at huge risk for for really bad outcomes, under 30, Um, you know, and, and, uh, you know, the research is showing that over 50 nanograms per milliliter of vitamin D basically is, you know, for all intents and purposes, based on the data, can practically not, obviously not with every single case, practically keep you out of the hospital. Um, And so vitamin D is so critical, but, uh, you know, if women, if their estrogen is, is lowering during this menopausal transition that make it may make it harder for them to optimize their vitamin D is that correct
1: Yeah. And vice versa. And I think it goes, it goes both ways. And one of the most interesting things about vitamin D research, and I think like 50 is my minimum. If you're below 50, I consider you suboptimal or low vitamin D levels, 50 to 80 and closer to 80 if you've had a history of cancer. So Mm. really uh, that's really critically important. What was really interesting because we're both from Georgia. I trained at Emory university and the research on Emory and the ProTECT trials looking at progesterone and the brain and traumatic brain injury. Some of the research looking at that looked at if progesterone didn't work as well, if you were vitamin D deficient.
0: Mm.
1: And the same is true. If we don't have sufficient vitamin D, we know like low levels of vitamin D is associated with depression. But also if we don't have sufficient vitamin D, our oxytocin receptors aren't working as mm. well. And I thought that was so fascinating to me to look at all the ways vitamin D, I mean, the vitamin D essentially, feels as if not more powerful than magnesium in our body. I mean, it is just super powerful.
0: Yeah, so critical. And it works with magnesium because you can't actually convert your inactive form of vitamin D to active form without magnesium. So they really work hand in hand, but they're so critical for so many uh, functions in the body. And I know you've written a lot and we've talked in the past about oxytocin, right? You're a huge oxytocin fan as, as am I, right? And how important is that for our body?
1: Oh my gosh! That is the life-giving hormone. Oxytocin yeah. is the life-giving hormone, and and it really starts like we are, you know, we are just infused with it from the time of our birth. So for normal labor, labor and delivery, we our body is secreting so much oxytocin to help with uterine contractions, and many women get pitocin, which is bioidentical right. oxytocin, in labor to help with those contractions. But the result of of how we've been designed is that this oxytocin you feel this love and connection you are imprinted to this baby the baby feels it too this love connection imprinting And, and that, that's where you look at this little monster that just gave you, you know, three days of pain and, and, you know, hard labor or whatever it may be. I'm just talking from my own experience, you know, and you're like, this is the most beautiful baby in the world. Oh my God, I can't, you know, I'm so excited. And, and it's so, and it's so true. It keeps us together. And the same thing with orgasm, right? We have orgasm, we have great sex, and then we're bonded to this partner. And that's why Mm. it's so you know, we have to be so critical and careful. And um, in, in the dating world, right? So because of the powerful um, neurocognitive effects of oxytocin on our brain and our choices and our decisions and all of that good stuff. And it is also a natural appetite suppressant, weight mm. loss hormone. It is the most alkaline, has the most alkalinizing effect on our body. Mm. And I, I found this to be so Fascinating, because cortisol is the most acidifying hormone. Cortisol right. creates uh, acidic urinary pH, increases hydrogen. You, you know this increases the hydrogen ions secretion across the mm-hmm. renal tubules. So we can see if we're stressed, even if we're eating perfectly we will um, see an acidic urine pH and oxytocin is the opposite. So it is that powerful to counteract the chronic daily, mm. everyday stress. And one of the best ways is one of the things that you talk about, and it's, uh, you know, gratitude, the attitude of gratitude.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Gratitude, um, you know, touching, hugging, right? Things like that all super important. And you'll see people just melt, right? And we'll, we'll all physiologically feel that change when um you know when we have kind of healthy you know uh touching right and things like that as well as gratitude you just you just start to notice that that stress start to to crumble and so it's just a regular practice that we need to have is oxytocin boosting habits
1: yes exactly yep. and hugs you know, was,
0: right uh, um, head
1: rubs head rubs, head rubs. Like I, oh, I just yeah. got my Stout hair done massage. today i was like oh yeah Got yeah. I love extra, extra good head wrap
0: <laughs> scalp massage. If I'm getting a massage, it's like my favorite. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> it increases oxytocin. It's amazing. Yeah.
0: So I love that. it. Absolutely. Okay. Great. Well, you know, obviously, your last book, Keto Green, right? You talked a lot about this idea of alkalizing the body and helping the helping really turn on the liver and helping the detoxification systems, the drainage pathways of the body turn on before you start to attempt to get into ketosis. Now in in this new book, you kind of build on that. You also add, add in a lot of different recipes. Um, what have you learned uh, going through that process with Keto Green? Because that book came out two years ago uh, that you implemented into this book.
1: Yeah, I say definitely that the keto green is kind of the heart of the maintenance plan. Yeah, too. it really is the heart of the maintenance plan. And, you know, the benefit for keto for woman done right with fasting, I see both your books behind you. I'm yeah. like, yes, yeah. you know, it's, 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 it's not just ketogenic, right? it's it's getting into ketosis in a healthy way that's supporting our body and always really make the difference cuz couples that have been doing my plan keto green 16 together see the difference between the guy doing it and 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 the woman doing it and often the guys are getting you know two three times the results in yeah. a time period, and we see that I always tell women, men have ten times as much testosterone. Mm-hmm. That's why they're protected to a great degree in, in longer term ket- ketosis, and that's why they get into it quicker. So we yeah. are by design. We have more estrogen, less testosterone, and we really need to balance and support our adrenals to protect our b- bones, etc. And so one of the things that my community just has really fallen in love with, honestly. Is just test gas is checking urine pH and ketone. Mm. Because oftentimes they think, well, I thought I was doing every I thought I was doing everything right, but I'm not getting results. And then with a little bit of the fine-tuning, then they'll see even better results. So, and they see that they their, you know, physiologic markers change. So that's one thing is the importance of, of test and gas. And and you're second-
0: checking urine pH, right? Urine and pH so, and, we're, and we're, what's the ketones. range that you like to see on that? I
1: just you know, like seven see,
0: obviously is basic. So where, where would you like to see, or seven is neutral, I should say. Seven um, is neutral,
1: but seven yeah. or greater, seven, or greater, seven because, or greater. Yeah. The research has shown that the higher, you know, you're the more alkaline you're in your pH. So seven over seven the lower risk of metabolic syndrome, heart disease, inflama- mm. inflammatory disease, and cancer. And now with the work of Dr. Richard Johnson looking at uric acid and, and Dr. David Perlmutter's new book, Drop Acid, One of uh, the interesting is I was reading it, I, I just had a Google <clears throat> and I looked up some scientific papers looking at um, the higher urine pH, the more uric acid you're pushing out.
0: Mm. So yeah. you're
1: clearing uric acid more with the, you know, focusing on a diet that helps support your alkalinity. would always say diet but remember anything we do to increase oxytocin too is going to help with that so
0: So you said the uh, higher your urine ph meaning the more basic more basic the more more basic the more uric acid
1: mm hmm Hmm. yep is that because the
0: uric acid is coming out in like a basic form like a urate or what oh
1: um that you know sorry let me restate that yeah the higher your urine ph is the more you're clearing uric acid so okay. a higher urine pH is associated so your body's regulating with regulating your it. body out yeah, of yeah. the uric acid. So state it differently. Because, you know, when we're looking at uric acid, if we're looking at it, urine or in the blood, say, for example, I, and I like David Perlmutter, I think he says 4.4. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, you know, that's one at less than 4.4. So associated, you'll see high levels of uric acid. You know, in your urine, when certainly you're over that number, and it's important to look at that range, but you want to clear that uric acid from your body. And so, more of the alkalinizing foods and plant based Mm. foods help support clearing uric acid from your body. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. And they're also helping to clear out excess estrogens, just turn on phase two liver detox, right? And and all the different mechanisms within uh, and turning on all your drainage pathways, your kidneys lymphatic system they're helping support all of that so yeah yeah Mm -hmm. great so obviously you're checking that you're wanting to make sure that obviously we're getting the ph up over seven on the urine ph and then as far as the ketones getting the ketones regulated um where do you like to see the ketones for kind of a sweet spot for somebody
1: Yeah, I'm fine with nutritional ketosis. So plus one. So a little above trace, plus one, you know, and and I'm I'm just happy with that. If we're using fat for fuel, especially our own, Mm -hmm. if we can just wake up in ketosis and alkalinity and go to bed that way. But the other thing that you asked me about in the group, sometimes we've gotten so very restrictive of our carbohydrates have stayed, you know, keto for so long that one of the things that I recognize that we, sometimes we need to carb up. So one of my plans includes a carb up plan, healthy mm. carbs, but yeah. a car carving up plan, because what I've noticed when when a client's reached a plateau and I've seen that they're, you know, they haven't taken any feast days and you know, I love yeah. feast. Days, I'm like, well, let's just try. Let's try some sweet potatoes. Let's try some of these, you know, some legumes, and let's work on on this for a week. Let's see how you do. And they'll be like, oh my god, I lost three pounds. I'm like, that blows my mind. That always blows my mind. Yeah, yeah. So, um you know, I think that's that's an important piece too because it's it, it makes sense when we think about how we recommend exercise and changing up your exercise routine. You know, the best fitness experts say cross train, and um, And so we have to cross train our diet to support our gut microbiome and also to decrease the risk of food sensitivity. And I've been joking about this a lot, David, in my
0: um,
1: podcast, but oftentimes I'll ask someone, well, you know, they eat a real healthy diet and I'll ask them what they eat. And honest to God, it's like every day they have a chicken salad for lunch. I'm like, I am just like, no more chicken salads, right? (laughs) That's it. You cannot have any more chicken salads. I mean, not that they're not healthy. They're not healthy every day.
0: Yeah. It's one of those things in our fast paced society, you know, it's like, it's easy to just kind of have your go-to meals and, you know, you enjoy it. It's something you know how to make, you feel good, you know, at least initially when you're consuming something. So it's easy to just go back to the same things. What you're saying is to enhance the diversity of the microbiome and to reduce the, uh, the risk of possibly developing a food sensitivity, it's really good to rotate in different types of meals, different proteins, different veggies, different carbohydrate sources. So you're kind of getting more of a wide variety. Is that correct?
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And so that makes a lot of sense. Harder to do, but uh, you know, definitely makes a lot of sense as far as um, you know, how it impacts microbiome because each of these types of foods, like if you're consuming, you know, asparagus one day, and then um you're consuming Uh, broccoli the next and then hearts of palm or artichokes right the next day things like that you are providing different prebiotics that support these different bacteria and so you're creating more shifting and more changing in the microbiome yeah and we know that researchers love you know microbiome researchers love diversity when they're looking at the microbiome Diversity is a sign of really good metabolic health and lower levels of inflammation. And so that's a really great help. Now, when you were looking at the research, did you come across, you know, one of the things I'm really fascinated by is how intermittent fasting actually really helps enhance diversity of the microbiome, which most people would think, well, you're not eating anything, so you're not going to get diversity, but actually it causes uh, more diversity in the microbiome. Did you come across that?
1: I did, and it also, I think where it comes into play is this resilience factor. yeah, right? like we want to be resilient our gut microbiome has to be resilient. We have to, you know, it's like that whole concept of of, of cellular cellular health, like cleaning out the cellular tract trash with getting into autophagy, you're going to have stronger, healthier microorganisms that are supporting you. And two, with intermittent fasting, and with working in this lifestyle, it's improving your immune system, increasing yeah. insulin sensitivity, because it's a big problem women face as we get older, we have a higher risk for diabetes and pre diabetes. And, and, you know, we're just like doctors are just waiting to you, your number crosses that threshold to say okay well now we've got to get you on diet exercise you know some medication here but you know we can start now we can start now and i think this is where i always like to do a shout out because you know normal hemoglobin a1c i think people should know their hemoglobin a1c like Mm -hmm. they know their dress size they know their weight they know their hat size whatever it may be you know it is that critical and it needs to be below 5.4 And Mm -hmm. six is considered prediabetes. If it gets above 5.7, we start to watch, but seven for the diagnosis of diabetes, that is way too late. That is way too late. If it's above 5.4, we gotta work to shift that and we can improve it. I I see in a short amount amount of times, two months, seeing improvements in the hemoglobin A1C, significantly, significant improvement. So, I mean, that's what's so beautiful.
0: Hey guys, I just wanted to interrupt this podcast to tell you about one of my favorite food products. I mean, if you're out there and you're looking for healthy snack options or you know, really healthy food, sometimes it can be hard to find a gut-friendly, gluten-free snack option. And that's why you need to know about Paleo Valley. Their 100% grass-fed beef and 100% pasture-raised turkey meat sticks are not only loaded with delicious flavor, but they are completely free of carbs and sugar. Such a great bioavailable protein snack to grab on the go. I oftentimes will eat them with meals too. Like if I eat a meal and I'm still a little bit hungry, feel like I need a little bit more protein and healthy fats, I go ahead and have them. You know, they're gluten-free, they're soy-free, they're dairy-free, GMO-free, preservative-free. I mean, what's not to love about that? On top of that, they actually also have probiotics in them as well. So you're getting the protein healthy fats, and you're getting probiotics. Lots of key minerals and nutrients in there and they taste amazing. And now you can use my coupon code, JOCKERS, just my last name, J-O-C-K-E-R-S, to get 15% off your order today. Simply go to their website, paleovalley.com and enter JOCKERS at checkout and you'll receive 15% off your entire purchase. The link and discount code are also available in the show notes of today's episode. Once you try these meat sticks, you won't be able to get enough. My kids and I absolutely love them, and I know your family will too. So try them out today. Yeah, that is so important. And when we look at hemoglobin A1C, it is a measurement of the level of glycation, or basically this is kind of where a sugar molecule binds to a protein and creates a sticky protein and creates oxidative stress kind of like a measurement of aging of a cell almost, in this case, red blood cells or hemoglobin uh, within the red blood cells. And so you're looking at how these red blood cells are aging, right? And like you said, under 5.4% is what you want. I'm ideally shooting for about 5%, right? 5% or less, right? The lower percentage of of this, the the better you're aging, right? It's kind of a, a measurement marker of how well these cells are aging. So yeah, so critical and so important. Now, We've talked about intermittent fasting. We've talked about ketosis, alkalizing. We've talked about carb cycling, and so these are terms that my listeners have heard before. But their question is going to be, well, how do I apply it? Like, how how often do I fast? What what should be my eating window? When do I carb cycle? How many carbs? Right. So I know you can't, uh, you know, give you know, specific advice, but how do you kind of go about that as far as giving people generalized uh, recommendations, how to get started with this?
1: Yeah. And, and so this has been, this is really, it's been, it's, it's a beautiful journey and each individual is, is living their own experiment. Right. Yep. And so it's understanding, really getting clear what works for you now. And so often we know what worked for me, what I was able to get away with in my twenties, thirties, even, you know, a year ago, I'm not able to get away with now. I need to shift things, but it's so important that I, I nourish my body, but I also, Nourish my soul, and I don't feel like I'm restricted for extended mm. amounts of time, or I, I'm so, you know. Uh, critically policing my food that now it's this antagonistic relationship with food and it's important to look I mean food is medicine and I'm a gourmand I'm a, a total foodie I love food I love wine I mean I, I I love my mom was a baker I mean you know so I and I'm, I'm first generation American so I've had you know a table full of all kinds of of ethnic foods since uh, you know My beginning. So I I love food as a variety. I also recognize some people don't like to cook, don't like to get in the kitchen. It's not fun for them. So that's one of the reasons why I was like, okay, well, there's key principles that we know. We need to intermittent fast at least 13 hours between dinner and breakfast. Give me 12 Mm -hmm. and a half if you can't make it there. But let me tell you, it's a muscle and you can do it. You can do Mm it. I prefer 16 on a regular basis, but 13 to 16, let's see, let's meet you where you are. And that's really powerful because of the research. We know that research has shown that you have a deep, like in women with breast cancer, a decreased risk of recurrent breast cancer if you intermittent fast greater than 13 hours between dinner and breakfast, that is key the more insulin sensitivity we get, that's another key factor. So stopping snacking, and I promise everyone listening, you can absolutely do that because willpower is physiologic. Cravings are physiologic. And in the plans and with like a keto green plan, we're providing healthy fats, high quality protein. You guys, the older we get, the more important protein Mm. is for our bodies. I mean, it's even more important but not too much because then that converts to sugar and we don't want that. So there's a balance here. And then of course fiber to relieve constipation, to have regularity and to support that gut microbiome. So those are like key principles in in the plans. Although there's a carnivore plan in here, carnivorous plan. Mm -hmm. There's a plant-based plan, there's a cleansing plan and there's a carving up plan. And then there's the autoimmune plan. So there's, each one is different in six days. And the reason six days, and David, you know, this is the gut mucosal lining re, regenerates in 72 hours. So I figure with eating, we do two 72 hour cycles. So hence six days and, and, you know, we do our best. I want to encourage people to do your best and do your best in the kitchen, do your best with following the guidelines when you're eating out. I mean, I'm a single mom, you know chasing horses around sometimes and running after kids and all this other good stuff too running a business so I get how it has to be simple and so we put shopping list and we have some bonuses with batch cooking guides to make it easier and I'm fine with using leftovers you know for one day Mm -hmm. just not three four days in a row although I have done that so (laughs) um so it you know so that's really important and then of course I mean we can do anything for six days and then the seventh day explore The seventh Hmm. day, maybe that's your one day of fasting extended or your OMAD or it's your feasting day with friends and family and see how you feel that day, the next day after and keeping track, checking in with yourself. And I I put the plans in and certainly you can start with one that most resonates with you. But I did put them in a logical order in my mind. And we'll be doing that in group and community too. But I figure for six days, we can do anything. And six is a a good number.
0: Yeah. It's a great number. And you have, uh, again, a number of different types of plans. You said you have an autoimmune plan, probably following like a autoimmune paleo type of a template. <clears throat> and then you've got yeah. the carnivore plan for the people that tend to do better on it, like more of an animal-based diet. You've got a plant-based plan for those to do better on plant-based. So really create a lot of variety here. You've got the keto green uh, strategy. Well, I guess that's kind of like a template right? For most of them, but, Mm -hmm. um, but you've got all these different plans Did I Did I miss any autoimmune carnivore carb carb up? up. Yeah. The carb Mm -hmm. up one. Exactly. So showing people that how to add in healthier carbs into their plan. So yeah, sounds great. Sounds like you really, uh, you know, went through all that, uh, detail with the nutrition now outside of nutrition. What are other things people can do? Women can do that are dealing with unwanted menopausal symptoms.
1: Yeah, and I would say there's so much more that we can do. In my final chapter, I really address this because certainly working with food as medicine, that's key. But everything we can do to increase oxytocin in our life, it's I mean, it's essential. Mm. I don't get out of the bed without, you know, reflecting on where I saw love yesterday, where I felt love, where I was loving, what I'm grateful for, all the blessings in my life, even for a bed and a pillow to sleep on. And, and that shifts my physiology for the whole day. The mornings I jump out. Cause like, maybe I turned off my alarm or something or, or whatever. I, um, yeah, total, totally different, right. Mm-hmm. Totally different. Start to the day late for yoga class. Oh, those that, that yeah. happens, you know? so, so, So those are things. And then also about muscle building muscle that's important for women. And we forget about that because we love yoga and we love our walks. I mean, I'm, I'm guilty and I have, I have good friends like Deborah Atkinson and, and, um, Gabriel Lyons. Like, oh, you got to get that. You got to pump pump iron. You got to pump iron. I'm like, okay, so I'm still working on that one, David, but
0: (laughs) yeah, it's so key. It it really is so important because that's one of the big risk factors is as women or and men, uh, as aging happens, we develop sarcopenia where we actually lose muscle mass and it's harder to put it back on. And so getting that strength training, resistance training, just so critical at really at any age, but particularly as you're aging.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that's the beauty of of menu pause. I say the pauses in our lives where the magic happens. And it's true. It's really being at this time of reflecting what's serving me, what's not serving me. And, um, and a lot of times it's, It's, you know, we're our own worst enemy. And there's this nasty bitch on your shoulder saying, well, you're too old. You can't (laughs) do it. You know, as your hormones are a mess or no, you know, there's, uh, you're undiagnosable or whatever, untreatable. I mean, all these things and just knock that nasty bitch right off your shoulder. I mean, that is just, there's no time for that. You would never be your own best coach. That's really, I think, very powerful and, and tracking, keeping track of what we're doing. So, you know, checking our, as much as we may hate the scale, what gets measured gets managed. So waistline measurement, weight measurement, you know, how are you feeling and what are you doing with this energy? I, those are powerful practices that are part of it. And then bioidentical hormones postmenopausally are, you know, a, a key part of it, healthy aging and, um, and using them in, in a way that's sane and safe it's, a, you know, I'm, I'm a huge advocate for that and I've seen it change lives, but that's like, that's that small extra 10%, 90% mm-hmm. is all the nutrition and lifestyle. And I only say 10%, David, because I was like, say, I'm still an egotistical doctor and I want to claim at least 10% of <laughs> what I can do is really going to help you. It's more like 1% on a prescription pad. But, you know, I mean, that's that little, those are those little tweaks at the end. So, Yep.
0: Yeah. And bioidentical hormones, how do they differ from, you know, kind of traditional synthetic hormones?
1: Yeah. And this is really important to understand because there's so much uh, confusion, I think, even even among the most intellectual, intelligent physicians and, um, you know, that we may see. So the bioidentical, this term has come to represent when we're looking at a hormone, say, for example, example, an estrogen hormone, estradiol. Is this identical to what your body is producing? And estradiol is bioidentical. There are many forms of estradiol that we can use. Another big one that came into, that's a really big cause of conflict, is progesterone. Progesterone versus progestins. And those terms have been you know, messed up in the medical literature and research, et cetera. Progestins do not look like the molecule of progesterone that our body is producing naturally. Mm. They look like something else. And they, you know, and the reason is that it's a patentable form, right? Unless the delivery mechanism is different. Prometrium is a bioidentical progesterone. We can get compounded progesterones. There are natural progesterone formulas that are available even um, for consumer use. And that's a big one of the things that, you know, I, you know, I definitely believe in. And so the, um, progestins in the research looking with the Women's Health Initiative study, it was the synthetic progestin, the Provera component of the Prempro, that had the negative cardiovascular effects, cancer effects, inflammatory effects. And we know that that doesn't work the same. And and the other things that are bioidentical, are we taking a bioidentical thyroid supplementation? Mm -hmm. Are we supporting our own, first of all, let's support our own natural production. Let's not suppress it. And, um, and consider you know insulin. We use bioidentical insulin because it mm-hmm. works better than any synthetic formulas. And so and these are just different, these are different ways to look at. And, and sadly, there's been so much confusion um, in the medical literature, but when it comes down to working with patients, because I'm, I'm conventionally trained, I, I yeah. love my training at Emory University, I shift to, whether it's prescription or compounded, prescription compounded, or other formulas, definitely the bioidenticals went out on how my mm. patients felt, how they recovered, how their bodies healed. And then again, learning more, I don't want to suppress anyone's natural production of any hormone. Big problem with yeah. testosterone prescribers right now. So I want to get your body to produce your own natural hormones. And the whole ketogreen lifestyle and, and diet together really has shown an improvement in DHEA, progesterone, and and then using, you know, using natural supplements that I created, because there was nothing, you know, nothing available using things like supplementing with vitamin D when we need Mm. to using things like omegas and methylated folate and Mm. B vitamins and, you know, using these things to help support your body's needs at this time in your life. And it's just, it's transformational.
0: Yeah, so important. And I know you're also a big fan of adaptogens, right? Adaptogens are herbs, basically herbs and compounds that really help our body adapt to stress, right? Regulating like a, like a, uh, like the room temperature, for example, right? You have a thermostat. So if, um you know, it's hot in the room and you set the thermostat for 70 degrees, the cold's coming on. If it's If it's cold, and you want it at 70 the heat's coming on so it's going to regulate it and that's really what certain herbs and compounds can do what are your, some of your favorite adaptogens
1: yeah so certainly maca cuz that's the adaptogen yeah. i experienced when i was in peru on my own healing journey and everyone said well if you're infertile cuz i was infertile and mm-hmm. early menopause at 39 years old at that time so it's been it's been quite a while ago and they'd said you know if you're infertile drink maca if you're you know tired drink maca if you're you know struggling if your child's struggling give it maca and then they would elbow my husband and say it's the Peruvian Viagra so with that <laughs> you're like of course we're drinking some maca right <laughs> and then as a scientist so there was a scientist in in physiology with the US Navy i worked with navy divers before i went to medical school i'm like well what makes this work right why and what's the story behind this so, you know, maca is rich in arginine, which increases nitric oxide, which is how, which increases blood flow, which mm-hmm. is how Viagra works. I was like, huh, mm-hmm. this is interesting. Ancient Incans knew this, right? And, um, and, you know, additional adaptogenic, and it's certainly an adrenal adaptogen, probably a genetic adaptogen as well. And so with maca and I combined it with other foods, because like I said, I'm a foodie and I couldn't stand the taste. I gagged every time I drank it. And so I believe that even if it's really good for you and you have that adverse reaction, it's not good for you. It's not yeah. good for you, certainly not for the long term. And so I started adding other, wow, what other what other healing foods have the traditional, you know, has been used in traditional medicine as so I traveled around the world and that's where my formula Mighty Maca Plus came up. Mm-hmm. So from, from science based, but also, you know, this, you know, definitely this journey of learning some of the foods. And so many of them are adaptogens that I put in Mighty Maca Plus between the maca, the cat's claw herb, the turmeric, resveratrol, quercetin, all have adaptogenic capability and working together in concert was better than any result I got with any single product. And I had just initially created it for me and my family because i was like, okay, you know, it helped me, it really helped restore my body and reversed early menopause and infertility with God's grace, right? With God's grace. And, um, and so I started using it for my patients. I was like, I had to get a minimum order to get this manufactured for me. And so I started giving it to patients. And they're like, oh, my God, I no hot flashes. My blood sugars better. My blood pressure is better. I'm feeling no more joint pain, arthritic pain. I mean, all these things started come up. I'm like, wow, that's awesome. It was word of mouth till I got sophisticated a few years ago to go online and start start um you know really promoting it so it's it's. and really then you different. also
0: created uh the jolva cream so you created the mighty maca powder yeah. and then also the jolva cream and so what was kind of the inspiration behind that
1: the inspiration behind that is because in gynecology most people only get offered vaginal estrogen and sometimes they don't even yeah. get that especially if they've had a history of breast cancer and i be my One of my first patients in private practice in 1999, I was in, in rural Georgia and, um, you know, St. Simons Island, but my clinic, I was in Brunswick and then opened a clinic in McIntosh County, the shrimping village of, of Georgia. I was the first female doctor, let alone doctor specialist mm-hmm. OBGYN there. I was only the second doctor in the entire the entire community. But anyway, a patient came to me and she said, Dr. Anna, I've had ductal carcinoma in situ. She was 63-year-old. She goes, I, I'm dry and my vagina is so dry. It's painful to have sex. I'm a woman of the 60s. I love my husband. I'd rather die than live this way. Help me. And I was like, oh, <laughs> You know, like, okay, let me go to my doctor's bag, right? Here I am. But like, yeah. seriously, just out of residency. This, you know, amazing woman. She's a, um, a VP or president of a biotech company. Anyway, she'd come to see me. So here I'm like, my doctor's bag was empty. And that took me to understand the safety of testosterone and DHEA in women with breast cancer. And so I've been a student of that since 1999. And, and that's when I closed my prac and I, I compounded and I've, I've taught this to physicians around the world and creating compounds to use with natural ingredients. Because many of the topical compounds, like uh, maybe it's a vaginal cream with estrogen in it, has toxins like sodium lauryl mm. sulfate, parabens. Yeah. I mean, those are toxic endocrine disruptors. You're going to have more harm done. It's going to affect the tissue of the vagina, which is so absorbent, right? It's vascular and we absorb nutrients through the vagina. So I don't like anything in the vagina that's not natural. but um. And I, so I closed my practice when in 2014, 2013 to 2015, so like that, it, you know, slowly closed officially in 2015. Mm-hmm. And I, um, my patients were like, Dr. Anna, no one will write us your formulas. And I said, well, I'm going to come up with something better than anything I could write on a prescription pad. And so that was my commitment. Mm. And it was a crazy time in my life. That's for another story and probably another book, but single mom raising, you know, teenagers, a wee one in elementary school, and um, just struggling like really it was a time of struggle but I knew that I wanted to get this for my patients if I did nothing else I can't leave my practice in southeast Georgia I was committed to be here national health service caller a scholar I had an obligation to this community so um, I you know I, I pretty much poured everything into that for three years and um, and that's how Jeville was born Not no preservatives no artificial chemicals DHEA plant stem cells from the alpine rose which in research shows that it reduces fine lines and wrinkles, improves collagen and is antiviral and, you know, other ingredients to help with absorption and and lubrication, but to restore your body's natural ability to make moisture. Mm. So it works different than a moisturizer or lubricant. It really works with your body. And that combination between the plant stem cells from the alpine rose and the DHEA is, is, is game changing for women. And so that's how Jolva came about. And I'll tell you, because, you know, the okay. I love you, David. And we've got a, another formula. I'm always using Jolva and you're not uncomfortable with this conversation at all. I can totally tell. So, <laughs> so Jolva for the lower lips and it's really yeah. important. like clitoris to anus. And I have men using it too. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I would tell my clients, you know, you can use it on your upper lips too. Mm. If you get those lip lines. When I noticed my Christian Dior red was bleeding through my lip lines, I started using it, but my clients were like, oh, I can't use that. That's for that's for my vulva, I can't use it on my lips, So I created a beautiful lip formula. Oh, there you go. And so, yeah, and it's more of an ointment based. It's, it's really good. And it's really hot off the presses. We haven't even put it on the website yet. So we just came, I spent the last couple of years working on this formula too. It's beautiful and perfectly safe for the lips. I will say it it has to be edible. Jolva is essentially edible. This is essentially edible. And so completely safe for the lips too, to reduce those upper lips, lower lips. It's important. We take care of both.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Well, I just want to commend you on your innovation and uh, just your brilliant mind, Doctor Anna. You're doing great work, really helping out so many people around the world, and really helping our whole industry with great products that you're making. Guys, check out her book Menopause. Menu pause. You can find that menu pause. That's right, menu pause. <laughs> right. It's got a U in there instead of an O. Menu pause. So check that out. Lots of great recipes. You'll see a bunch of pictures on the front. Um, just really well laid out, beautiful book, guys. Check that out, Many pause. Thanks again, Dr. Anna, and we will see you guys soon. Be blessed, everybody. Well, that's all for this show, and I want to thank you again for spending your valuable time with me today. And if there was something you heard in this interview that you have questions on or you want to dive into deeper, then drjockers.com is the best place to go.